Welcome to the Fit Girl Magic Podcast. If you are ready to find your inner magic, develop great habits, and a rock steady mindset to feel confident, comfortable, and fit in your body, you are in the right place. I am Kim Barnes Jefferson, and I'll be giving you weekly doses of health, fitness, and life tips sprinkled with humor and real talk. If you're ready to be consistent without the stress of perfection, magic makers, it's time to slip into your favorite pair of PJs, grab some coffee, kick back, and listen to today's show. Before we get started in today's podcast, I wanted to make it very clear that I am not holding myself out there to be a doctor, physician, or any other medical professional. I am not attempting to diagnose, treat, or prevent, or cure any physical, mental disease, or condition. The information that is provided in today's podcast is not intended to substitute for medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. You agree and acknowledge this is for informational and educational purposes only. I am not providing medical advice in any way. Please always seek the advice of your own medical professional. Thank you. Hey, Magic Makers, another iTunes review of the week. We have it from Deb R-O-B-R 33-A-N-T. She says, Kim is so lively and interesting to listen to. She makes healthy living easy by giving so much good quality information that is doable. There isn't a subject she doesn't explore around mind and body. Always a great listen. Oh, that's exactly why I started the podcast. And that's exactly why I continue to do the podcast. And I'm always wide open to any of you sharing any topics that you want to hear, have me get have a guest on, you know, I wrote something three years ago, there's about 70 different topics, and I am shockingly blowing through them all. So at any point you want to listen to something, have a guest expert, please let me know, reach out to me on the socials, you can find it here in the show notes. And as always, thank you so much for that awesome review. Hey, Magic Makers. Today, we are talking about a subject that is going to require multiple conversations, but I wanted to open the door with this one. And I've I've had a couple of other podcasts talking about menopause, right? Menopause is such a multidimensional conversation. And, you know, I feel like menopause right now is, is having a moment, you know, we never really talked about menopause. You know, if you think about it, your parents sat you down and talked about the birds and the bees and where babies came from, but no one sat down and said, okay, now that, you know, the birds and the bees part of your life is coming to an end, this is what's going to happen. No one pulled you aside and said, hey, this is what happens. Um, They just basically told you, you know, at some point, you're just going to stop getting your period, the end, right? No one told you about the myriad of symptoms that seem to accompany when you stop getting your period. You you know, you just think like, oh, one day I'm just going to wake up and not have my period anymore. Hooray. So, what I've done is I've compiled, you know, 10 of the top questions. And of course, there always are going to be more questions. So if you do have more questions, do me a favor, hit me up. I love questions, right? So that way it gives me topics to talk about for podcasts. Also gives me ideas for guests to find, to bring onto the show who have a greater depth of experience in that particular question than I do. Um, but I do have um, something for you uh, at the end of this podcast. So um, I do have the 
eight symptoms um, checklist, but I also created a new um, checklist. It's called the Green Climatic Scale. And it is a way for you to track your symptoms. We're going to talk about that in this podcast. Way for you to track your symptoms, but be able to have an intelligent conversation with your doctor. Because I know that when I went to talk to my doctor, maybe some of you listening might have had the same experience. I was going to talk to my doctor and she's like, girl, it's just menopause. So just get over yourself. Um, She said it in a little classier way than that, but that was what I took away. And that was just like, um, so clearly I don't know what's going on. So there's that. So can we just get a little bit more than like, girls, menopause, just move on. Can we just get a little bit more for one, one. So today I'm going to talk about the top 10 questions that, that I, that I, I, I had for myself and the questions that I have, you know, asked others in my community. All right. So let's just start. What age, what is menopause and at what age does it happen? Okay. Menopause. What you will hear, you know, the classic definition is that you go one year and one day without getting your period. That is technically menopause. The average age for most women is 51, right? That's that's the average age. So what that means is that what we're when we say menopause, that is after you've had that 12 months and a day without having a period. But what I'm talking about, what many of us are experiencing is the pre-menopause. So before we hit that 12 months in a day, all the things that are happening to us happen about 10 to 15 years before that actual date occurs, okay? Hey ladies, can we talk about menopause for a second? Because seriously, why didn't anyone clue us in onto this crazy roller coaster ride? I know that when it hit me, it felt like what the hell is going on? But fear not, my fellow magic makers, because I got your back. Does this sound like you? Hot flashes that make you feel like you are on the sun. Mood swings that make a roller coaster ride seem like a walk in the park and your libido. Goodbye. Yep, it's time to embrace this menopause journey. That is why I have whipped up this fabulous free checklist to help you navigate the hormonal mayhem. No more guessing games or feeling like something is going haywire. It's time to take charge and show menopause who's in control. So if you're wondering, is it menopause? I got you. Grab your free checklist right now and say, bring it on menopause because it's time to conquer this journey with confidence and style. Do not wait. Get your hands on this free checklist today. Okay, shut up already, send you the sheet. Do me a favor, grab the link in my bio. So we can experience perimenopause as late as our early, we can do it as late as our early as our late 30s into our early 40s is when that happens. And it's about a 10 to 15 year span, depending on who you are. Yes, there is potential for surgical menopause. Um, So if I've gotten rid of my ovaries as well as my uterus, yes, immediately I will go into menopause. But for those of you who keep your ovaries, it's not as as immediate as hormonally, it's not as immediate as, um, yes, technically you're no longer getting a period, but it takes a little bit before your ovaries and your brain to be like, hey, there's something missing here, right? So it's not this like overnight sensation. Technically, from a technical standpoint, but from a hormonal standpoint, you could still be um, experiencing symptoms um, b- before that. So the second common symptoms, right? What are the common symptoms? You know, everyone talks about hot flashes, right? Or night sweats, weight gain, anxiety, mood swings, depression, insomnia, um, 
dry hair, loss of hair, nails, um, uh, libido gets, goes into the shitter, um, osteoporosis, memories. Um, this is really all driven because we are in a hormonal typhoon. You know, the best way someone described it to me, and I think it's just the the dead on way to describe it. You think about back in our preteens, right? When we were in, you know, our hormones were raging and, you know, you were just mad over the stupidest little things that could piss you off and you were just pissed off and mad all the time. Well, same thing happens, but on the backside, you can be pissed off and mad about anything. It could be that some boy didn't like you or, you know, your outfit just didn't work out for you that day. Same thing can happen um, now. And we become less resilient to stress, um, you know, and one of the, the biggest culprits there is progesterone, right? Progesterone, we, you know, normally when we get our periods, progesterone and estrogen are like, yeah, let's go. Let's get ready to have a baby. And then one month, you know, progesterone's like, yeah, I'm good. Girl, this month I'm taking a break. Uh, and the, or one month estrogen's like, yeah, I'm, I'm good. I'm, I'm not doing anything this month, right? So it's like our body is just going through. We don't know when, you know, what month estrogen is going to be like on break. We, uh, we don't know which month progesterone is going to be on break, but we do know that they're going to be in lower levels and it's not going to be as intense as they were as we are entering into our, you know, pure like reproductive um, age. Also, like, you know, when, you know, my sleep has been crap is that progesterone, that is one of the biggest drivers. That hormone is one of the biggest drivers of our um, sleep. And so we, you know, that's one of the reasons why our sleep, you know, goes into the crapper. And then as far as brain health, estrogen, estrogen is such a protector of our brain. And so right now, you know, many of us grew up in the, you know, the cutting our teeth in the diet age of like no fat, low fat. Um, here's where I challenge you to add some more good fats to your nutrition. And I'm not talking peanut butter and I ain't talking olive oil. I am talking about, let's look at like flaxseed. Let's look at chia seeds. Um, let's look at Udo's oils. Let's look at other things that aren't coconut, peanut butter, or olive oil. Let's look at oils that we're not cooking in our oils. You know, let's make sure we're like, adding oils to add oils to your protein shake, um, have chia pudding, you know, sprinkle some of them on, uh, drizzle some oil onto your, you know, pre-cooked vegetables. All right. Third, what are the long-term health risks of menopause? Well, one of the things everyone talks about hormones, right? Hormones are, are messengers and these messengers are things that can unlock the keys to multiple systems in our body. And so one of the biggest drivers here is that, I don't know if you've seen this, I know I've seen this and some of my clients have seen this, that in your, if you look, get like just a basic blood test, but blood work, you might see this, your cholesterol is starting to increase and you've always had low cholesterol or your triglycerides are starting to increase and you've always had low triglycerides, that's the fat level in, in your body. Those things start to increase because our hormones are again getting a little bit wonky as we go through this perimenopause menopausal age. So when that happens, we are at increased risk for heart disease, right? You know, it's um, usually we only talk, it's only talked about literally like um, heart month is February. And usually it's talked about like the highest risk of women potentially having any type of cardio event. And it's because we're losing a lot of the protection that estrogen gives us gives us because it's not coming as um, readily as it typically 
would come. Um, we're also at risk for osteoporosis. And so for those of you, you know, you hear all the people talking about strength training. Strength training is one of the number one ways that you can help prevent osteoporosis. And one of the reasons why is that your bone, your muscles attach to your bone. So the heavier I lift, the more that it's pulling on that bone, making that bone nice and strong. And when I have nice, strong bones, I minimize my risks of, you know, fractures or um, other catastrophic uh, issues. And so we think about one strength training, also focusing in on our balance. So that again, if I fall, and hopefully I'm not breaking some some bone and, you know, making sure we're getting enough vitamin D on board from either taking a supplement or hanging out in the sun for about 10 minutes without sunscreen on. Another thing, weight gain, right? Many clients come to me, they're like, girlfriend, I was good. I hit 40. My body was like, girl, here's the weight. Welcome home, right? You know, with weight gain can, comes increased with uh, type 2 diabetes, insulin insulin resistance, you know, joint pains because you're carrying more weight on your frame than you normally do, sleep apnea. Um, and a lot of that that weight comes right around your belly. So that visceral fat, that's metabolically active. So that could really, you know, go into other, uh, other metabolic diseases that you never even thought about prior to uh, hitting this perimenopause age. UTIs, you know, your vaginal walls are getting thinner because we're not getting enough estrogen and progesterone, making the walls get thicker to get ready for a baby. So it, the, the walls thin out a little bit. Um, so one of the ways is to, you know, stop holding your pee, right? If you're someone who's like, I can hold my pee forever. As soon as you feel the urge, go to the damn bathroom. Um, stop using douches, um, feminine hygiene, soaps and sprays. You know, it, it's your... The JJ is not supposed to smell like honeysuckle. I'm sorry. And if it smells horrible, just wash, right? Just wash your body. Okay. Think about cotton underwear, you know, make sure that you're just not wearing um, very um, restrictive underwear, no thongs when you're working out because that the, the string creates a wick from your butt. So you have each, um, you know, Sorry, not sorry. I'll be a little graphic here, but you know, you've know, you've you've been around me. You're not you're not surprised here. Um, does menopause affect your mental health? Yeah, yes, yes, yes. So um, I had, and I'll uh, put in the show notes. I had a woman on uh, probably about a month ago. We're talking about Alzheimer's, and one of the biggest protectors of our brain is estrogen. And estrogen, again, as I've talked about, gets a little wonky. And so when your body is not, your brain is not being doused in estrogen, it's very likely that, you know, for someone who has never been depressed or or experienced anxiety, you might have those feelings now, or it might be even heightened. You know, I, I read this st- statistic that was just very like blow, mind-blowing for me, is that one in 10 women, perimenopausal women, experience suicidal thoughts who had never experienced them before. You know, one of, um, I just went through a certification and the woman who uh, was running it, why she started this whole thing, she was a investment banker. And she had, she was, had so much like, like it was just a sudden depression, a sudden like just lack of like confidence and lack of just self-esteem. She had to quit her job because, and it was 
it was menopause. It was perimenopause that brought this on. And so, you know, you lose your self-esteem, you lose that confidence. Like, you know, a lot of times you could enter into a room and be like, all right, I own this place. And with the decreasing of all of our, you know, hormones playing this wonderful dance, and I'm using the wonderful word, you know, uh, facetiously, it's really easy for us to have like, for us, I think we're losing our goddamn minds, right? So it's like, um, we have forgetfulness, like brain fog, um, losing your words, uh, big thing for me, losing my words and, you know, teaching. And I'll be like, wait, hang on, where are we? What's going on? Like huge um, for me. And it's easy to lose your confidence because you're just like, something's going on here that I don't know. And like in your, in your head, you like skip to the, is it a tumor? Is it this? When is it going to be over? But yeah, that's, you know, dementia, you know, and as I mentioned, I'll, I'll log, um, a link, the show notes, the numbers are staggering. It's less than one in 10 will have some form, women will have some form of dementia when they hit, by, by the time they hit age 65. Like that just like, when she gave me that statistic, that just like blew my mind. So are there treatments available? Yes, absolutely. And he, the, here's the thing, right? I know all of us want to have that, like, you know, take two of these and call me in the morning. I really, I want that for you. I wanted it for me, Lord knows. But you have to kiss a couple of frogs. And that's the one thing I want everyone to be aware of is that we have to kiss some frogs in order to find the right combination. It is like a goddamn puzzle with a zillion pieces, right? Because our bodies are so complex. So you can go um, the HRT route. You can go non-HRT route. You can do a hybrid of them. I'm I'm going to have a um, physician on later this later this year talking all about um, HRT. So like HRT is available in tablets, sprays, patches, gels, vaginally implants, IUDs, um, creams injections. So there's a lot of different routes that you can go with HRT. It's primarily um, about using estrogen, progesterone, and testosterone. Um, I know some of you might be asking yourself, well, well, I heard that HRT is bad for you. Um, Back in the 90s, this the Women's Health Initiative did a study, and the study was flawed from the very beginning. And it's taken over um, 20 years for us to unpack the flaws of that study. You know, it was done with um, estrogen used from horses versus any other uh, forms of estrogen. And it just made people fearful that if you were to prescribe HRT to women, you they would get some form of cancer. And so now that health initiative has been debunked and it's slowly populating through um, the medical field, but um, just Google Women's Health Initiative. If you have questions, do me a favor, hit me up. But that study has been debunked and HRT is now making a resurgence as far as something that um, providers are prescribing to their doctor. Um, It doesn't have to be expensive. Um, Many insurances cover it. So that's a conversation for you to have with your doctor, a conversation for you to have with your um, healthcare provider to see if HRT is right for you. Um, But there's also non-HRT HRT methods. So it's, you know, we talked about um, not being a strength, a strength stress resilient. So here's where a lot of mind body stuff, hypnosis, relaxation techniques, breath work, walking, you know, I know a lot of my 
a lot of my clients who come to me, they're type A, right? They are type A plus plus. They're like, I need to check as many fucking boxes as I can in one day. And don't tell me to sit my ass down because that's not what I'm about. And trust me, when I heard that, that's exactly what I said. And now I've, it's, I was a stress ball I, and I'm a recovering stress ball. And it's really funny um, because I just started working with a new coach on some gut health stuff. And so one of the questions was about stress and she's like, and my stress levels were like zero to three. And she's like, wow, like most people come to me and they're like, you know, a live nerve. And I was like, I am a recovering live nerve. Like I can have those periods where I can get a little cuckoo, but I have worked really hard to like get a little cuckoo and be able to bring it back. And so that's one of the biggest things that I can stress for you going through perimenopause slash menopause is to really, really hone in on your stress. And if you're someone who's like, well, that's just my life. Red flag, red flag for you to really, really start to zone in on that. And if that sounds like you, girlfriend, let's have a conversation. Um, but yeah, there's plenty of ways um, to really um, take hold hold of that. And I know many of you are like, well, what kind of supplements can I take? Well, here's the thing. You can't out-supplement your lifestyle. If So if you're stressed like a mofo, you are not sleeping, you are drinking like, you know, alcohol is going to be banned the next day. Those are three things you can start on right now, right? Because I'll tell you, the alcohol will definitely help with your sleep. Weight, weight management, stress, same thing with weight management. We are not as resilient from stress. So we need to be able to find a way to chill ourselves way the hell down. You know, there's several um, supplements that have been uh, recommended to me. I've, I've, you know, I've seen other uh, practitioners recommend them, you know, anything from ashwagandha to wild yam to maca to Don Q, evening primrose. Um, bee pollen, flax seeds, right? There's a lot of um, different supplementations that I can take out there, you know, vitamin D, good fat oils, um, magnesium. But first, I challenge every single one of you to just kind of like look at your life, right? Um, to quote um, Ice Cube, check yourself before you wreck yourself, right? You could just be pouring thousands of dollars into supplements and it could just be you making sure you get a good night's sleep could have been the, could have saved you thousands or making sure that, you know, you are, you know, doing five minutes of breath work before you go to bed or, or sitting in the car for five minutes before you walk into the door, either on your way to work or on your way home from work, right? Just those things, little things could be what it is that you need. Um, also acupuncture, you know, one of the things I did when I started having hot flushes was acupuncture. And it, it, it in the beginning, it did help. It helped for, I hope for a little bit, um, but it was, it was like really, 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 really good. Um, dietary changes. What are the dietary changes that need to happen? Well, here's the thing, right? Most people think that the weight came on overnight. Guilty as charged. I thought the weight came on overnight. But it was slowly creeping up. And primarily it was because my food intake, it was healthy, it was clean. Nothing on in, that I was taking in that you would ever be like, girl, why are you eating that? It was just too much for the activity level that I was keeping up. And, you know, I came, I was that girl who worked out six days a week. I worked out for two hours. And if I didn't work out for two hours, I didn't work out. So I was very inconsistent. 
I would say I was I was very inconsistent after I stopped competing. It's but I was still trying to keep that same like cadence of food, that same cadence of you know going hard for my workouts. And so one of the big things I always challenge uh, my forty something year old women is that scale back our expectations about our workouts. And so the workout, instead of it being you know a two hour thing, I'd rather see you get in a 15 to 30 minute workout that you can do consistently three to four days a week, being able to add in some walking. When it comes to food, it's not avoiding carbs. It's not avoiding fats. It's not avoiding. It's really starting to cue in and start to listen to what's going on with our body, right? So that we can find, we do need carbs. Like if I'm already struggling for words, me taking away carbs is going to make that worse. (laughs) I'm going to be, I'm going to be, I'm going to feel stupid. So here's where we find what, what is our carb tipping point? You know, making sure we're getting in fibrous fruits, vegetables, and um, some beans, um, making sure that we're limiting the alcohol that we bring in, having fatty fishes so that we're getting in that the good fat oils into our system. Our 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 hormones love oils like that. The horm- oils help us with a uh, hormone production, and as our hormones are getting all crazy, we need as much um, hormone production as possible on its own. So we really, instead of thinking about being very structured here, it's time to really burn our bridges and talk about what's going to be structured with our flexibility. You know, I have a a client who is very structured, but her husband isn't. And every time, you know, he throws a curveball at her, she just is like, ah, fuck me. Like, what am I going to do here? And one of the things was like, great. If, you know, Sam wants to go out to dinner. Great. Sam can go out to dinner. But it doesn't mean that you have to eat what Sam's eating. You could say, okay, I'm going to go out to dinner. What's the best choice for me here in this restaurant? And then, and then, uh, you know, go from there. Or if he says, hey, let's go out to eat. In your mind, be like, okay, if Sam wants to go out to dinner, be like, hey, there's a you know another place that you know has better the best choices for you. You know, because it's like Sam isn't trying to sabotage you. Like, that's just who he is. And, you know, let's be honest, like you married him. So you knew that's what he was like going in. So there's no surprise that all of a sudden one day he woke up and be like, I'm someone who likes to go out to eat. No. Now you have to say, okay, if he likes to go out to eat, great. But here's my plan. Right. Because it's like you don't have to be a victim of your environment. You could be like, okay, this is the environment that I'm going into. What are the things I can do to support myself in said environment? Okay. So yeah, we our diet our diets have to change. Do that change dramatically? No. So it's like we're we start have to start getting cued into our body versus being like, I must have three of this, four of this five of this, right? Instead, start to be like, what am I eating right now? And start to understand how it feels. Like eggs. I can't have eggs. They're the healthiest thing on the planet. I have eggs. Five minutes later, I'm like, so what's next? I'm hungry, right? It's just not very satisfying for me. Bananas make me very snacky. They just, they just set me off, right? So there are things, things I've had to learn about myself and food. 
Same thing for you, right? We have to find what is our carb tipping point. Definitely increase your fats because for for sure, I know that you're like, I just had a handful of almonds. It was fine. No, you had enough almonds to make you pissed off, right? Think about, can I have some good fat oils in my diet somewhere? That fishy, 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 uh, oily based fish. Can I have, you know, more, more uh good fat oil sprinkled in on something. Can I decrease the alcohol? I'm never, I have a guilt-free alcohol guide. I am never going to say no alcohol. But what I am going to say is, can we limit the alcohol? Do you have to have a drink every single night? And then when you go out, do you have to have four drinks? Can you have two? Can you have one? Can you have none? Right? So it's like, create. I like to look at alcohol like a budget, like a, a vacation budget. Do you go on vacation every damn night? Because if you do, I want to be a friend, right? Me and you, besties. But most of us, we budget for vacation. We're like, I want to, this is where I want to go. And this is what I do. And I budget those calories. And I'm judicious because I don't want want a shitty vacation. Who's like, I want a shitty vacation. No one. (laughs) Everyone's the best vacation they can have. All right. Um, We talked about, we talked about HRT. So that's definitely something that, you know, is for sure something to explore with your doctor. So, you know, when it comes down to menopause, there's like, I like to break it into like three big categories and we'll be going deeper into these categories over the next um, several months. But the, the first one, it really boils down to our health, right? Looking at our health and things things have to change, but again, they don't have to radically change, right? We can start pecking away at certain things. So the first thing that we, we think about when it comes to change is our health. And I like to break health into three categories. Exercise, right? Exercise. No, exercise is great for health. What we have to break up with is the overtraining, right? We have to really start to, instead of saying, this is what I used to do, be like, well, what makes a good workout for me now, right? It could be that you're no longer have the time that you used to. I know that, and or you don't want to make that kind of time anymore. I have no children. I work for myself. I can work out as much as I want, but I do not want to, right? So the according to the um, ACSM, 150 minutes. So for someone who is, you know, active and in their menopausal, perimenopausal um, stage of life, recommend two to three hours of strength training, right? And two to three hours of cardio. And when I say cardio, I'm not talking about go for like a five mile run. I'm saying, could you do something that like, you know what? Your heart rate gets up there. You could have a conversation. It feels challenging with doable. You know, many of you are like, oh, I'm doing a hit workout for 40 minutes. Girlfriend, you ain't doing a hit workout for 40, 40, 40 minutes. Hit is I go hard and then I have to take a break and I recover and then I go hard again. So maybe you're doing a hit for maybe 15, 20 minutes, but if you can go steady for 30, 40 minutes, that's just hard fucking cardio. Sorry, not sorry, right? So we want to think about exercises that, you know, choosing, you know, two to three days a week, your strength training, putting in some cardio there, because when I strength train, fights insulin resistance, bone loss, muscle loss, right? And if you're saying, well, I also use um, exercise as my... um, form of relaxation. I I have to say, you know what, girlfriend, let's find something that isn't as demanding on you. As I mentioned, we are not as stress resistant. We are not as stress resilient in our 40s because progesterone is not around as much as it used to be. 
So I want you to say to yourself, I, uh, progesterone protects us against cortisol. If I'm stressed like a most foe and cortisol is like play, uh, if I'm stressed like a most foe, cortisol is on the rise, right? Thinking that I'm running from a saber-toothed tiger other than you're thinking, how am I going to pay my bills? How am I going to pick up my kid here? How am I going to get to work? You, those are the things you're thinking, not saber-toothed tiger. Cortisol is high. Progesterone is that natural uh, cousin to progesterone helps, you know, calm, you know, help calm you down, help soothe you. Well, if progesterone is not around, cortisol is like, it's a party, my parents are away. Then we are, then we throw more exercise on top of that, which adds more to that cortisol fire. And instead of giving it that relaxing feeling that we have typically got got from it, it's just th- throwing another log onto the fire. So I challenge you to come up with other ways of re- re- relaxing other than I work out. Um, then we talk about nutrition, right? So we talk about nutrition is like, we, we want to make sure that we are eating foods that are just met, like just fueling our metabolism. And as I mentioned, like picking our nutrition battle so that if I do have friends or family who want to go out to dinner or be social, you're not like, Ooh, what do I do? I don't want to bring my cooler food or drink my protein shake on the way to the event. You know, it's like you go in there and you, you make the decision. You're like, this is what's going to, this is how it's going to go down. And you're not worried about the environment that you're in. You're not worried about peer pressure. You're not worried about the emotions that are going to be brought up. You're like, you've made a decision and you know how to make it work versus going in there and saying, well, you know, I didn't make any good choices and this is how it was. No, you, you are like, boom, I know how it's going to go down. I know how it's going to work. Um, you know, then we could talk about supplements. We could talk about playing around with all of the different carbs and good fats and proteins um, so that, you know, we're feeding this great new metabolic health. We also can, you know, t- talk about brain and heart health here. And then we move into hormones, right? Hormones are, you know, what is causing this entire eruption that's going on through our body. So, you know, we break down like, you know, what the heck does estrogen do? What does progesterone do? Testosterone, you know, how does it influence um, insulin resistance? You know, why do you have belly fat? Um, You know, really go into further detail with HRT and the various uh, modalities that um, HRT can possess. Getting into the non-HRT, you know, uh, uh, options. Um, and then really, you know, you know, this is my jam. And so really diving into your habits, right? What are the habits that are serving you now? What are the habits that you need to uh, start to um, invest in moving, uh, invest in moving forward so that, you know, you can better manage that stress so that it doesn't, you know, spill into the way you make your nutrition decisions um, so that there is more structured flexibility. So you have a better understanding about, you know, your commitments and how that impacts in on your stress management, impacts on your time overall. Um, So there's a lot of different ways you can go when it comes to um, menopause. And so, you know, today I just wanted to kind of open the door for you for, um, you know, the questions that I get if this is like major head explode, I apologize. Listen a few times, listen in doses. 
Um, if you have specific questions, you know, you can always find me in my Facebook group. I'm always hanging out there. You could always shoot me an email. Hello at KimBarnesJefferson.com. But, you know, menopause is a beast and it comes at all of us in different timings, different ways, different shapes, different forms. Um, but it's definitely something that can be managed once we understand what it's all about. And as I mentioned, you know, I have a, um, in the show notes, you'll find the green climatic, uh, scale. This is where I want you just to sit down and just check off the boxes and be like, what am I experiencing? And then, you know, maybe in a month from now, go re revisit and say, this is what I'm experiencing. So that when you do go to see your doctor, you can say, Dr. X, you know, I've been tracking this for six months and this is what I've experienced, right? So that that way, you know, you go in armed so that, you know, you you're, you can start to like show your doctor, like it's not this like one-off thing. And you're like, well, I don't know when that happened. You go in and you're like, I started tracking on May 1st. Here we are, December 1st. And this is what's been happening for me. And then that way your doctor's like, oh, so there's a trend. There's some science behind it. And then your doctor will per probably, you know, Hopefully your doctor will perk up even if you don't have this. But if you do have this, your doctor will be like, oh, okay. You've been tracking some stuff, right? So um, definitely check out the show notes about that. All right, ladies, enjoy the rest of your day. And I will talk to you next week. Thank you for listening to the Fit Girl Magic Podcast. If you've made it this far, yay. I'm thinking you enjoyed the show. Let's continue the conversation on Instagram. You can find me at Kim Jefferson Coach. In order for me to keep sharing this message, do me a favor and leave me a five-star review on iTunes. While you're there, don't forget to subscribe so that you won't miss an episode. New episodes are available every Wednesday. The Fit Girl Magic Podcast is intended to provide you with tips, tools, and strategies that will help you make better decisions about your health. I really appreciate your feedback and your support. Thank you so much.